Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. Going to be talking about the brand new film, Reminiscence. This is one of those movies here at the end of the summer that came out of nowhere. I mean, I literally had no idea it was being made. There was no advanced buzz on it. And I'm a huge Hugh Jackman fan. I'm a huge Rebecca Ferguson fan. I'm a huge Thandie Newton fan. I love Westworld, which is where the director Lisa Joy comes from. Uh, She's done other TV series, but she is an executive producer on Westworld and directed an episode or two. And... She's got this look, what looked like a fairly big budget sci-fi film that was just kind of dropped into August. I saw a trailer a week or two ago and went, well, it could be good. I mean, I like you. I like everybody who's in it. So let's see. Um, And I watched it before it bombed. (laughs) Uh, I watched this over the weekend. And then come Monday, you saw that it made like a million dollars at the box office. And Let's all still remember that most people aren't going back to the movies. There have been a few movies that made decent money, but they make it in their first week, and then the next week they fall off drastically. And it's because, like most movies from Warner Brothers this year, this is available to stream on HBO Max if you're already paying for it. Why would you go to the theater to see it? I'm sure it looks great on the big screen. It looks like every bit of budget is on the screen. But the short version is... It's a sci-fi film noir that just doesn't completely come together. If you're interested in it, you may enjoy it, but it's leisurely paced and set pieces are few and far apart. And the ending, while mostly satisfying, it feels like an extended episode of a Westworld type of show. It's smart. It's very smart. It doesn't try to explain too much or pander to you. Um, They set up an interesting world. But in the end, when it was over, it was like, wow, that could have been so much better. I And so that's my short review. The longer version is I was enjoying the movie and going, wow, this is not too bad. Let's see how much more I got. And I look at my watch and I, we're an hour and five minutes into it. I still got 50 minutes to go. Ooh, that wasn't a good sign. So the gist of the movie is it's an unspecified future after a war. Polar ice caps have started melting and uh, coastal cities are flooded. So instead of moving out of Miami, everybody stayed and just moved into the upper levels of the buildings. and Everybody gets around by boat. (laughs) And some rich people carved out an area and built a dam around them. And they live in what's kind of normal with no water, but everybody else has to tread through a little water as the little dams around um, Miami are starting to give way. And then there's, there's deeper parts of Miami where they literally have to get from one building to another boat to boat. It's beautifully done. Let me say through the whole movie, the special effects are fantastic. Um, Westworld spends a lot of money on the special effects to make it realistic. And it very much is all three seasons of Westworld look like a big sci-fi movie. Uh, if there's any kind of science fiction aspect to it, robots or flying cars or weird cities or whatever, Westworld nails it. And she obviously has an eye for that kind of thing because she creates a great world, but doesn't give you a whole lot of detail. We know there was a war because Hugh Jackman and a few other people we met are veterans. They talk about it a little bit and how Everybody in these coastal cities has to kind of scrape for a living while the rich people live in that damned area. Um, Why didn't they just move north? (laughs) Why didn't they just leave the city um, and go to dry places? Uh, 
Uh, it talks about in one part where the, the land barons bought up from pennies on a dollar some of these these areas and did whatever they wanted with them, leaving the people kind of you know, to fend for themselves. The Rotten Tomato meter is about 38%, as is the audience score. There's 128 reviews and over 500 ratings from people. So the vast majority of the public are going to think that about the movie. That's... For me, it's it's going for a Blade Runner vibe. It even has a voiceover like that original theatrical cut of Blade Runner. I don't know that it really needed the voiceover. I She's going for a very film noir thing. And for a lot of people who don't know what that is, there were a lot of movies that just dripped style. Um, the, the film noir, they were usually black and white gumshoe tales, mysteries. They had a, a seedy edge to them. Um, and this goes for that. But it gets needlessly convoluted throughout its runtime. It, it, by the time it's over, it's like, well, that was just a, a, you know, kind of a basic mystery that you would see on a, on a good mystery TV show or movie. Um, the science fiction aspect of the future and the flooded cities doesn't really play into it much. Um, there is a great fight scene that takes advantage of that, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but for the most part, it's just interesting. You know, there's an interesting background to this story, but it doesn't really play into the story. The other science fiction aspect is is Hugh Jackman, when he was in the military, uh, interrogated people with his technology where he can guide you back into your memories. They put you in a tank. They kind of sedate you a little bit. And then almost like hypnotism, he and they use technology to pull images out of it. He can walk you back to these times in your life and you can relive them. And the voiceover tells you at the beginning that nostalgia is big these days because this, you know, the world is not fun to live in anymore. People stay out of the sun, sleep during the day, and come out at night uh, because it's just too hot during the day. I guess that's why the polar ice caps melt. Um, so everything is nighttime. He runs around in the daytime and not really accosted by anybody because he can get around. Uh, there's not many people out during the day. But he's wearing clothes and like, well, if it's too hot for the average person to be out here, why is he wearing the big jacket and stuff? It would be a little warm for him to run around in this outfit. And if the days are too hot for anybody to be outside, right? Hugh Jackman is fantastic. Matter of fact, everybody gives a great performance. Everybody in the movie, there's a few actors, some, some side actors that play uh, roles that, oh, I've seen them in other things. There's a girl from uh, uh, Westworld who has a couple of scenes, but, and everybody in the movie does very well. Hugh Jackman sells his part great. Um, Rebecca Ferguson, I love her to death and everything she's done so far. And she's great in this movie. Uh, Thandie Newton is also adds multiple layers to any character she plays. And she's great in this movie. It just doesn't all come together. They spend a lot of time on the memory technology and stuff to have it basically him just tracking down things. It wasn't really necessary to have this technology or the flooded cities, but that, you know, that adds a a different air to the proceedings, if you will. And like I said, she builds a great world. It looks fantastic. The special effects are great. Uh, when the subway has to go through kind of shallow water and the water's coming off of it, and it's just, you know, it's just, a, you haven't seen a movie take place in something like this. I just wish the story was a bit more original. Because again, if you took away the, the flooded city and even took away the memory uh, technology, it'd just be a standard gumshoe mystery type, thing um where should he or shouldn't he get involved he's he's uh, infatuated with this woman and hasn't and has to follow her 
There is a jump, and I, I won't get into spoilers, but there's a jump early in the movie where we think everything's happening in real time, and then we find out it's not. And it's actually been several months past what we thought was real time. That could have been handled a lot better. Like, there wasn't even a reason for the jump. But I guess we're trying to maybe edit up some, <laughs> edit out some longer stuff that was in the movie. The movie has a, that Blade Runner leisurely pace, and I love both Blade Runner movies. I know not everybody does because they are slow, but they're slow and deliberate for a reason. This is also slow and deliberate for a reason. I just don't know if the reasons are quite justified by how everything ends up and, and how things end. There's another flash forward at the end that's... It adds a nice Westworld-type twist on the whole movie, and I get that too. But overall, this is not something I could recommend to just anybody. If Grandma wants to sit down and watch the new Hugh Jackman movie, uh, guide her to something else. If you like Blade Runner and that kind of slow build, let's build the characters first before we get into the action and get in, you know, and you, you don't mind a little science fiction with your mystery thriller, then you may have a fun time with this. I told a buddy of mine, he, he was like, man, that really bombed. And I'm like, yeah, I can imagine why. Um, my parents, when I recommended Blade Runner, I saw Blade Runner in 82. I was in high school. You know, and I came out of it, I was blown away by it because at the time I was, I was developing my movie tastes and something like that, that I had never seen before that, that just made, gave me feelings I had never had before at, at, I was 16 years old when that movie came out. Um, and I went back home and I said, oh, you guys got to go see that. So on Friday or Saturday night, my parents took uh, some friends of theirs and they went to the movie theater and they walked halfway out the movie. And, and my mom never saw it again. I think my dad saw it later and actually liked it. But um, we joke to this day. My parents are no longer with us, but the friends still are. And they joke, they joke every time I post something about Blade Runner. Oh, yeah, that was the movie we walked out of that you recommended. Um, so I know, I've known all my life that Blade Runner is not for everybody. This is not as good as Blade Runner, but it's what they were going for. And if you really like Blade Runner, then maybe you'll like this. Not that they have any, it's not about replicants or anything like that. It's, it's really just a murder mystery with some sci-fi slathered on top. I think Lisa Joy does a good job with the movie. I think she will be a director to watch. Um, she wrote and directed the thing. And when you get Hugh Jackman and the, the cast that you have in this and the budget that she had for this, wow, a lot of people don't get that for a first movie. Um, I don't think all the problems are totally hers. Um, I just think it just didn't all come together, you know, and maybe she had a little more um, ambition than she had. Uh, I don't want to say talent, but uh, I don't know, um, skills to back it up. So there's this big fight scene that comes up towards the end and it's epic. I mean, it goes on and on and on. I mean, I didn't even... This is not that kind of movie. And so after I, I'm looking at my watch going, wow, these two guys have been fighting for quite a while now. <laughs> it's almost like a superhero fight. And I know they're both military and stuff like that, but um, it just stuck out at like a sore thumb. It's like this adds to the runtime and doesn't really help. Had there been another scene like that or two and they built up to this, and I know why he's he's emotionally invested to have this kind of fight scene. It just seemed like it was way over the top for what the rest of the movie was. Don't get me wrong. I, I love I love the John Wick movies. I love the Deadpool movies. I like over-the-top action. But this movie kind of plays it 
everything's kind of toned down. It's, you know, they got that voiceover. Oh, you know, it's uh, the future's tough and, and everybody likes nostalgia because days are crap and blah, 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 blah. And then you have this epic fight scene and part of it takes place underwater, which, you know, there is a lot of great ideas in this film. There is a lot to like about this film. It just doesn't all come together to become a huge hit. But again, if you like movies, of the Blade Runner ilk that take their time to build up the story that are deliberately slow for a reason, you may actually enjoy this film. I didn't hate the movie. I just came out of it with telling a few of my friends, this would not be something you would care about. Let's watch something else kind of thing. And, you know, it's going to appeal to a certain audience. Maybe you'll dig it. Uh, 38% liked it. Of the critics and 38% of the audience liked it. I guess I'm in the 38th percentile on this one, but not one I can just openly recommend. She knows her way around science fiction. She knows her way around good stories. The acting is really good. It's all high end. You know, there's nothing about this that screams B movie or first time director. But on the flip side, it's just not a hit. And and that's kind of what Warner Brothers needed this month or, or movies in general need. But anyway, if it sounds like it's interesting to you, check it out. I'd love to know what you think about it. Reminiscence, it's available in movie theaters. Go back to the movies. We got Dune coming in late October, and you got to see that in the theater. I just promise you. Um, but if you watch it on HBO Max, let me know what you thought about it. It's it's not terrible. It was okay. I'm Scott Hamilton. Rockfile, therockfile.com is my website. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, and listening to this. Have a great day. Have a great day.